0: on uh, let's say a scale from one to 10 on personal development. If you cap out at a five, your business will only ever get to a five. If it happens to get to a six, it's gonna be horrible.
1: For over 260 episodes, Dwayne
0: Brummett and Ali Albarigo have been sharing how to take your martial arts school to the next level. Welcome to another edition of SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Now here's your host, Dwayne and Allie. Hello, Dwayne Grumman here with Allie Albarigo, School
1: and Talk.com. Allie, great to be with you, sir. Yes, sir. Me, it's great to be with you always. I try to get you to wear pink polka dotted shirts because we usually dress the same, right? And, and uh, I said, hey, Dwayne, what are you wearing today? I'm wearing pink polka dots with uh, with a hair bun, you know, getting <laughs> around. Obviously, you either one didn't see that message or you knew I was kidding, right? Yeah, honestly, I didn't see it. Did you Facebook it to me? I did. I Facebooked it to you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't see it. okay, no problem. But but, uh, we're in different colors today, which is great. So that we normally dress alike and people think that we coordinate outfits. We got spring colors. We look good. Exactly. Absolutely, man. So today is interesting, right? We have a good call, right?
0: Yeah, well, you know, we decided at the beginning of the year, um, Prompt, you know, I mean, I prompted it, but you were definitely a go is, you know, doing a book a month and then, you know, talking about that book and how we're going to apply it to, you know, our schools uh, and that type of stuff. So we read uh, Getting Things Done, uh, The Art of uh, Stress-Free Productivity by David Allen. He's also a black belt, by the way. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And, um, you know, I, I know it's a, it's a New York Times bestselling author, but um, I, I had a tough time finishing the book. How about you?
1: Yeah, I did, too. But it, first, as an author, both of us are authors. We've written books. So the, so the waiver should be like for us, there are different levels where people are when they read things. Right. Depends on like for me, I might read a book and hate it. And then six years later, read it again and think it was the best book ever. Um, But this book was very difficult for me to get through. I I had a hard time. But I think it's because of you and I, how we already have read this type of material 20, 30 times in different ways before. And it was like reading, you know, the same thing, but it was very clinically written, too. It didn't.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It was very, yeah, it was very cranial, and uh, I just don't know that I'm that smart or that it, that type of uh, writing keeps my attention long enough.
1: Yeah, you know what? There's ways to like when you, you read fiction books, like any fiction stuff, like vampire or superhero stuff. I I started reading them so I could go to sleep at night. Um, you know, like because if I read business stuff, I'm dreaming about business. You know. Yeah. And I have these these nightmares sometimes about like everything in my school that I control, like breaking out of control. Kids are like spitting on the mats and parents are smoking in the lobby. And, you know, like anything that I always control, it, it breaks free in my dreams. So I, I started reading a lot of fiction before I go to sleep. So you, you have one that you're reading? Or?
0: Well, yeah, I don't do a lot of fiction. I haven't started it yet, but it's uh, Bill O'Reilly's new book, Killing the Mob.
1: Love, loved his stuff. You recommended me to his books years ago, and I read almost everyone. Killing the Rising Sun, Killing Kennedy, Killing Reagan. They're amazing.
0: Yeah, Killing Lincoln. Also, um, uh, the one right before this was Killing Crazy Horse. Really, really good.
1: Oh, yeah? Yep. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he goes back in time, and he, he recreates history based on his research versus what was written at the time to look a certain way and he recreates the actual he tries to or at least he does a good job at recreating history of what it really was right that's now
0: well not re. yeah and i wouldn't say recreating history but but yeah i mean what we
1: know know of as history right yep yep so
0: i don't know that that fits what you're talking about because those that's actual you know stuff that's happened but
1: Yeah, Yeah, no, mine are more like, you know, like I'll read, like my buddy Mike Ewart, another martial artist. He writes all these fantasy stories about vampires and things like that. So I like that kind of stuff as well. But the reason why I brought that up was um, sometimes books are uh, the author tries to spell everything out, it doesn't leave any room for imagination, right? So I think, like you said, it was very cranial, this book that we read. it was too much description, like too much detail on things that you and I are probably I know I was saying, I already know that, just let's get over it. Let's move on. You know, that I don't need to hear all the explanations and, and so on and so forth. Right. So um, it drove me crazy. But but it was a time management one oh one, I thought. And like you said, too, right? You said what did you like about it? Is how he dialed in, right? You were telling me before.
0: Yeah. So um, you know, obviously I think the thing that I picked up the most out of the book was, you know, not only did he talk about time management, but then he went the next level underneath it with, with regards to prioritizing the actions right. of different things. And so I thought that 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 piece was really interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I would say other than that, you know, and, and I'm not doing him justice because like you said, we've read personal development books. We've listened to seminars. Right. We've done, you know, audio books and stuff like that on this very topic to a certain degree. This is just a little bit of a twist. Um,
1: I think that if they uh, if people want they're not good at time management and have never read books on time management or don't know how to break time management down, this is a great book for them. Now, like for myself, I've done you know Stephen Covey seminars, time management seminars, read books like First Things First. And by the way, what you were talking about is what Tony Tony Robbins describes as a map, a massive action plan. So when people sometimes people think that they're managing their goals and their time by just writing it down, like for example, in my in my uh, day timer, which is this Franklin Covey day timer. I put down like, you know, the, you know, I w- woke up at 7:30. I had my coffee work at the desk until I went to the diner and then I, you know, had a call with my coaching clients and, you know, things like that. And then, you know, uh, met, now I'm doing the show with you and I'm balancing my checkbooks. Like I write out tests, but I don't necessarily need to prioritize them in order because I'm going to bang through all of those like that. So for people who have a hard time with managing time, they might say, what are the top three tasks? What are the next tasks? What are the third tasks? And it would be like A, B, C quality. And then, um, you know, that's your massive action plan, your map. How do you get things done? What are you going to do? Right? And you were saying that.
0: Yeah, and I do mine digitally. Mm-hmm. So I have it all digitally there. You know right. what, my, what my tasks are for the day and, and you know, I just know they have to be
1: completed. Yeah. Today. You
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and you are
1: at- in there too, but well, that you see now, there, here's the difference between you and I. Like, um, I have a student who's a uh, contractor slash handyman, and um, even my partner in the website business that uh, you know they don't know how to rise their bottom tasks to the top. So, what I mean by that is like you have an A priority, a B priority, and a C priority. A, a, you're going to get done first, B, second, and C, third. So a lot of times my, my student and, the, and my partner will do the A priority and the B priority, and then they're done for the day, and then they put another A priority and a B priority, and that C priority just stays there forever. I mean, months at a time. Like, so I, my one student, his name is Greg, and he, him and I work on time management. He's part of my teaching team and he's in the leadership I was explaining to him, like, you can't have a C priority for more than a few days. That C priority has to rise to the top. Yep. And, yep. Um, and I had said to him, I said, you're supposed to do a job for me that you haven't done since June of last year. You can't tell me that in an entire year that my test never rose to the top or else you're just keeping it in the lowest priority. You have to make your low priorities a high priority every week on a regular basis or else they're just going to stay undone forever. And I think that's what he did a good job at in this book was explaining how to take those priorities and manage the tasks and break them down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, look, I would also say the priorities shift depending on where you are in your um, business and personal life as well. Like if I yeah. had to go back and do things, um, there's things that I put as a priorities right, um, and things that I had as C priorities Mm -hmm. And uh, some of those C priorities should have been A.
1: Right. Now, here's the problem with task management is that people who are inexperienced with it take the most painful things and ignore them, right? When we know as owners, we need to take the most painful things and accomplish them. So very often, um, tasks will be easier. Like you want to do a list of things to do, you know, things that you enjoy that that give you fulfillment that aren't stressful will get done first, you know, but you know, cleaning the dog poop in the backyard might not get done for weeks because you've been ignoring it, but you're going to do the laundry or, you know, watch that TV show, whatever it is, the easier tasks. And my staff was like that too. I'd have to always constantly align their priorities. And then we're going to talk about this too on the 20 top tasks and I'll explain. And you know, this is how we organize both, you know, both, we organize our team stuff. But so I think that people tend to always take the hardest things and leave them, or the least favorite, or the things they like the least. The least they do them the slowest. They they um they will wait on those things. can trying to think of the word priority. They procrastinate. won't procrastinate. They won't procra- They'll procrastinate and not prioritize because they're the least likely things that they want to do. So right. Well, so that's human
0: nature. We're, we all fall into that category, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, we always do. Yeah, like, look, you know, like my daughter in, in the martial arts, she doesn't love grappling. She doesn't love sparring. So what are the things she avoids the most? Grappling and sparring. It's the same thing with my students. If, if on the week it says sparring week, you'll see a certain segment of the population just don't come because they don't like sparring. What their parents should be doing and what they should be doing um, and by the way, that word should is a funny word. I remember John uh, Graydon once said to me, Ali, if you keep shooting people, you're going to should all over yourself, <laughs> you know, like that that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, if they, w- they don't come to class and avoid those things, they're never going to improve and they're always going to be at the C priority list. And that's pretty dangerous.
0: Yeah. And uh, I'll say uh, the very first book we did this year, uh, Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. Great. Book. Dan Sullivan talks about, Uh, procrastination and what he what he talks about with regards to procrastination is he he goes you know as a and i'm going to paraphrase but basically as an entrepreneur um anything that you are procrastinating on is the number one thing that you should probably be doing
1: yeah that's absolutely
0: yeah he talks about procrastination actually being the radar right to tell you what to do next well i like that that's a great i'm going to write that down that's a great quote So, and then the other piece to that is, um, uh, you know, the obstacle is the way.
1: Right. All right. I love it.
0: Right. Um, I mean, it is the obstacle is the way. And so we have a tendency to, you know, want to do the easy stuff because we want to feel good, um, about, you know, oh, I got 10 tasks done, but that 11th one that really was the obstacle, right? There you go. What say that what is that procrastination Girl, is the radar oh, toward the what radar. you should
1: do next yeah yep so I mean you're right though that that's true though isn't that amazing like even with our students physically isn't that always the case they yes. they, they don't want to spar they won't or they're, they're afraid of testing so they'll not show up or whatever the case may be
0: yeah so you know I here's a couple of things that I've been doing with my students is I've been taking that concept Uh, And I got this phrase from uh, Grandmaster Hafner. Um, But, you know, he talks about that um, uh, the, um, you know, I can do hard things. So, what he talks about is, you know, that phrase, I can do hard things. And so, I, especially with my white belts when they're first starting out, you know, I let them know that you can do hard things and I get them to repeat that, you know, I can do hard things um because i want them to know that they need to develop that grit um that that uh tenacity if you will in order to get where it is that they where they want to go and you know in order to 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 do that sometimes you need uh key phrases and you need um you know different things to kind of motivate that person or, or, or encourage that person so you know again the obstacle is the way but but for the kids, I'm telling them I can do hard things. Yeah, I'm getting them to repeat that over and over again, I can do hard things.
1: And isn't it interesting though, and I don't mean to be negative in any way, but I just feel like society lately has, has become so accustomed to getting the easy things and everything is quick and easy that people don't want to put the work in. So even when I'm coaching a martial arts school, I tend to kind of have to continuously go over the same thing over and over. Hey, did you do your posting on social media? No, I didn't get around to it. Did you do that task on what we were supposed to do? No, I didn't get around to it. And um, and I'm like, you know, these are the reasons why you need to get this stuff done. Like I just had a client just the other day. He um, he canceled his appointment because he didn't do his week's worth of stuff. And I'm like, but a whole week has gone by and they're complaining about why they're not moving forward. And I'm like, look, you have a whole entire week. There's 168 hours. You've got to be able to find five hours to work on the tests that are going to move you forward. And, um, I, by the way, I call that time slicing. I did a, and if anyone who's listening wants a copy of my little time slicing article, um, just write time slicing in, uh, in the Facebook post on, on this, uh, Podcast, but I I I have a picture of a pizza and imagine trying to hold the pizza up without it being sliced and eat the entire pie and it's a flexible soft pie and it's you know it's impossible so we cut it up in eight slices. What do we do for kids' birthday parties? We cut it up in sixteen slices, right? So it's even more manageable. Um, So how do we do our tasks? And sometimes people don't slice time slice their tasks into small, um, easily manageable uh activity so that they can have success continuously till the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of the month, that task is totally complete.
0: Right. Well all it is is just uh what I call it time blocking. You call it time slicing. Right. But um the the concept of making small appointments with yourself in order to achieve whatever you know goal or task that you have during that time frame. Right. So And, and, and being and being very very uh aware that that is the time that you've set aside to get X, Y, or Z done and, and not allowing any other crap to come into that.
1: That, that is a big one. That what you just said is probably the most important thing is allowing yourself to be uninterrupted while engaging in a task. Like for example, um, someone I know quite close to me that we share a business together. Um, they are constantly like, Hey, we're supposed to get this thing done. Uh, how did that go? Oh, well, you, and, and every excuse, I call it in the book, is listed as an, as a reason why it's justified that they didn't get their task done. And I'm going like, yeah, I guess if that's the way you're going to do it week after week after week after week. And and then it literally comes month after month after month. And they, they're able to justify their lack of action or their indecision with being able to stay on task for X amount of hours. Um, with all the fires, like in the, uh, you know uh, Stephen Covey's book, uh, The Seven Habits, I think it is, he talks about um, being able to make sure that you take care of the priority tasks that are going to move you forward in life. All the other things that come up, un- unknown things that come up, are what they call mini fires. You've got to put them out or else the house will burn down. But you can't stay and now get distracted like in that Disney cartoon where it's like, Dorian... They're off, you know, like, you know, bear or squirrel, you know, whatever it is. And then they're on something else. I know so many people that can't stay focused for periods of time. It's like what I call online onset ADD.
0: Yeah, that that. Well, and if that's the case, maybe you do need some medication, you know, I mean, really,
1: I mean possibly that could be the case. I don't disagree with you. Or like, it's funny. I had a program manager and we're going to kind of move into the segue in a minute, but I had a program manager that one time I, every time I'd come in, the office was like explosions went off papers here and there spread everywhere. You could spread on the floor. And I'd go, uh, finally I got fed up. And I said to her, I said, uh, what do you have ADD in a joking way? And she said, no, no. But, but she said, you know, in fact, I've been meaning to tell you that I do. So I'm like, well, if you would have told me that months ago, I could, sol- I could fix this for you immediately right now. She said, oh, yeah? And I said, yeah, take everything you have right now and put it in a pile. And then she gathered it all up. I and mean, it took like 15 minutes because no joke, there's papers on the floor and piles and everything. I said, now you have them in piles already, like there's 20 different piles of things that need to be done for each priority. Now they're in one pile. Work from the top down. Do not go to the bottom. Don't go in the middle. I want you to just start on the top thing, get it done. Go to the next one, get it done. And then this is your completed file. That literally changed her life because the clutter went away. Her ADD that made her uh, try to focus on one thing, but distracted her because it was even worse now that she made piles everywhere. She didn't know what pile to go to. And then this pile distracted her to that pile. So I said, just work from the top down. And she did. And now she became a production maven and she was really getting a lot done.
0: Well, and I think also, too, with that, you gave gave her the 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 freedom to focus on one thing at a time. Right. 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 Where uh, before, you know, you got this mess here, you got this mess there, you got that mess there. And you and you know that, um, well, I should be doing this, but I still have this. And so,
1: yeah, exactly. And you know what's interesting? That's what we're going to talk about. Like our, our task, it says the DNA, you know, the daily necessary activities or the makeup of the school what are the top tasks? So if you were to list like a top three tasks, what would you say they were?
0: So let me, let me make sure I clarify this. We're talking about tasks. Running,
1: running a school day to day.
0: Okay. Cause I know things like I- one, one of the things I was going to say as a, as an owner is, you know, one of your daily tasks should be, you know, uh, improvement, self-improvement uh, okay. time. So you know, whatever it is that you need to be working on, if it, you need to work on your public speaking, if you need to work on, right. um, you know, your Facebook ad, although you should just go ahead and maybe uh,
1: hire uh, someone
0: to do that. Or, you know, I guess you could learn how to do it yourself too, right? Yeah. But what, so whatever it is that, that you need to be working on, you need to block out time, even if it's five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day, but you need yeah. to focus on learning how to do that better. So that would be my first recommendation or first right. task. Right. You know, for a school owner.
1: And I love I love the like I wouldn't have even thought of that because I'm not even thinking in regards of myself. I'm thinking of my school. But I love what you're saying, because um, over the quarantine, I started taking guitar lessons. Again. I, I, you can see around me on the walls are guitars everywhere. Right. And that kind of thing. Um, and but I hadn't played for years and years and years. Like so I kind of like quit playing guitar. And I legitimately forgot how to play guitar. Like I could do the basics, but I really didn't become a, a you know, a decent guitar player, couldn't play anymore. So I started taking lessons and um, that's my thing. I am I'm improving. Like when I play the guitar, I just want to make myself a better player for my own behalf it it has no value to it whatsoever i could play for my family i could maybe jam with a band if i ever had the opportunity but it's not going to make me richer or more it's it it literally is an addiction for me and it's a it's a relaxation the other day i fell asleep and i'm on the couch asleep with my guitar and my pick in hand and nicole says something and i'm like uh Because I play all the time. And I I play electric so they can't hear it while we're watching television or whatever. Um, But uh, I I think, though, that self-improvement is an overlooked category. Don't you agree? Like people get fat. They get out of shape. They stop training. All those things. They don't look at themselves. They put the other stuff ahead of it.
0: Well, here's the thing. Your business will never outgrow you. Right. And so if you cap out at a five on, uh, let's say, a scale from 1 to 10 on personal development, if you cap out at a 5, your business will only ever get to a 5. If it happens to get to a 6, it's going to be horrible. Right. Because you're not even a 6. Right. And so you have to keep moving up in that ladder of personal development so that uh, your business, your staff, your students, everybody else can rise. Right. They're not going to rise any higher than what you are.
1: And you know what, too, you're right. And what you said, you'll become a six, but then you'll slowly be bumped back down to where you're comfortable. And I did a a seminar many, many, many years ago called Layers, you know, like a school gets from zero to 30 students and they stick it, right? And they stay there and then they grow to 40 and 50, but then they drop to 30 again until they finally are able to learn how to stick 50. And then they get to 75 and then up and down, bouncing back and forth until they learn how to maintain 75. And, And it keeps going like that quite some time. So I think that that's an interesting thing, but uh, yeah. Well, so wouldn't you say,
0: wouldn't you say, and this isn't the topic, but let's just go here real quick. Wouldn't you say from uh, zero to 99 is a personality problem? Um, Once you hit a hundred to 200, that's more of a systems problem. Because what I'm saying is you can get 100 students easily if you have the right personality. Once you wanna move from 100 to 200, your personality, yes, is gonna attract people, but in order to make sure that everything is running smoothly, that's a systems problem.
1: Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. You, I see where I'm going with that idea? I definitely do, because I had a teacher that was just the phenomenal martial artist, like beyond. And um he had like three, four hundred students back in the 80s. And and he some of the people he mistreated, he had no business practices, people wouldn't pay, they would take things, they would, you know, and his business practices brought him down, you know, always but he always was so popular that he'd always have people coming through the door, but he never made a penny. I mean, he was broke and and you know, where he should have been, like wealthy, right? So that's right. That you know, definitely there are certain levels of the systems that, you know, that help an owner grow and and you need to maintain or
0: grow those skills. And I, you know, and I'm generically putting things in a box, but, but you can kind of see where I'm going with that. And then I would say from 200 to 300, you know, that's really more of a uh, communication problem. So, you know, you can go, you can only go so far with your personality. You can only go so far with your systems. And I know some of this overlaps and then you know to move to the next level is really uh communication issues where you know how am i communicating to my my uh constituents you know my students how do i communicate to my staff because Mm -hmm. they need to grow too because you know what i'm saying so and again i i'm just kind of simplifying that without really dialing it in but you can kind of see where i'm
1: going so, so we were like years ago, uh, you know, and, and I'm in it like, again, it's funny because I mentioned this a bunch of times where you had said to me, Hey, Allie, there was a guy who posted on our page and he said, why would you listen to Allie when he just closed one of his schools? And You're like, should I post it? And I bring it up often because they, people don't know, like, you know, I didn't close one of my schools. I moved it and brought it to my other location. Like if I moved it down the road, they wouldn't say, I, oh my God, he moved his school but well, because I moved it to my other school and now I have two, one instead of two locations. Um, but the same students, uh, they look at it as a failure or they wanted to bring that up. Like I did something wrong, but in my life, um, you know, all along I used to have 12 locations and then I, my daughter was born and I'm like, I don't want to travel every weekend to a different place. Or sometimes during the week to be able to visit all these schools, and um, I want to be with my daughter. And as I started to scale back, people got mad at me because they, they were jealous. They wanted to be with me or they were angry that I couldn't share my time with them. But I made a decision for my own well-being and for my daughter. So that it yeah. depends on where you're at in your life. Uh, a school owner, you know, that's why success is not me- measured in, in money only. There might be a guy, an old school teacher. He wants to teach 20 people two, three days a week. And, that's, and he wants to do it hardcore old school. And that's his deal. And that's it. That's all he's going to do. So sometimes people, um, you know, will have different reasons to do what they do. We can't judge them based on that. But, but here's the thing. When I ran my school, I had to make sure that all the boxes got ticked. So in other words, I would quite often tell my program managers what to do. And here's the problem with um, not knowing what to do. That old saying that we used to say, you don't know what you don't know. Um, like we had a great interview with Master um, Master Sell, uh, and I had said that they should. And I sent him my copy of the DNA because if a school, many of the school owners that I coach that are on Spark, um, they're utilizing like twenty five percent of what Spark's capability is. They don't realize if they if they took enough time just to learn the software every week, just mm-hmm. learned one of their tasks and Spark. They have training. They have, you know, people who will teach them. They have videos. They have articles. If you just took one task, like the automations, and learned how to do that, you know how much better your life would be? Well, it's just that same
0: that principle with um, uh, Abraham Lincoln. You sharpen the ax. Right. You take the time, you sharpen the ax, and then you go and cut the tree. And right. the tree is going to come down a lot faster, a lot easier when you take, you know, the half a day To sharpen the axe or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: We need sometimes a half hour. Yeah. Right? You know, same. I used to own a landscape business and we my guys would neglect to, to to sharpen the lawnmower blades. So the lawns would look terrible because they weren't cut, they were torn. And then people would be like, My lawn is brown, and I'd have to go there and I'd go, Oh, it's because my guys didn't sharpen the blades. You know, so like it's so true. So I think – and we've suggested this numerous times that people should take that. That's where that self-improvement that you mentioned comes in where it's so essential to take that time to become better. Now, like for me on Spark, I've been doing trainings with Amy. She's amazing over there on just to make sure that I have all my automations and all my triggers and everything done correctly so that it'll work for me. You know, perfect. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, okay. So when we teach our, our martial arts – to our students right it is it is a just-in-time learning model right they don't need to know how to do the jump spin back kick until they know how to do the side kick and then they can learn how to do the back kick and then so so it's a it's a just-in-time learning model well the problem with uh school owners is we when we're opening up a school most of us open up a school because we were really good at martial arts so we loved teaching or whatever it was right and um but we didn't didn't know what we didn't know right and so that therein lies the problem where we sometimes we don't know what we should be learning next right and that's why it's important to have a coach or some sort of mastermind group or some right. sort of, you know, group that you're involved with right. that can, and then you, you're talking about your, your constraints, or your, you know, obstacles that you need to overcome. And then, you know, the, the person says to you, you know, Oh, okay. I see where you're at. This is what you, you this is, I was there three years ago and this is how I overcame that. Or this is the book that I read, or this is the course that I studied, whatever right. it is. Right. Um, and, and so, for school owners, it's a just-in-time learning model. The problem is we don't know what we need to be learning just in
1: time. Right. So so, so here's a story. There was a guy who, um, he was an oil worker, and he worked near the Amazon rainforest. And every day he'd go out and have lunch in the jungle, and then he'd take a nap and come back after his, his break was over until one day they didn't find him. And then a few days went by, they searched for him. And then they found this massive boa constrictor and he, it got eaten by the boa constrictor and they cut it open. And there he was. Um, you know, he never learned cause he didn't know what he didn't know, I guess. I mean, maybe you could just say that's common sense in the Amazon rainforest, but, um, he ended up falling asleep and getting eaten by a boa constrictor. So, so, uh, you don't know what you don't know, obviously. Someone had to have warned him. If he was too stupid and didn't yield the warning, then I understand that's his own fault, right? Sure. But if he never knew, now he's boa constrictor food, right? But, so, but aren't we both as school owners? Yeah. You know, we're sometimes we don't know,
0: we don't know, and we make the mistake. Not, not sometimes. sometimes yeah, the but time. then there's sometimes
1: that we know it. Yeah, and we still do. And we still make the mistake. Yeah. So when I, when I had my schools, I developed this checklist because a quick story was when I, I had a meeting, uh, my program managers, seven of them called me together for a meeting. They set the meeting up. And then when I got there, they ambushed me and they had one spokesperson who, who said to me, um, you know, uh, so-and-so is gonna, you know, uh, is gonna want to, wants to tell you stuff. And they said, number one, we feel that you don't understand how much we do. Um, Two, we feel that you ask too much of us. And three, you don't understand what takes, how much time it takes and so on and so forth. So uh, two things happen. One, I immediately fired that person who was the spokesperson. Um, And I said, you know, you should have come to me personally and talked to me. I said, you don't ambush your boss by getting together in force. So I said, you're fired. And I fired her in front of everybody. And then I canceled the meeting. But I did take a lot of the lessons to heart. And I went back and I laid out a thing called the DNA and the daily necessary activities. And I wanted to make sure that I I was able to check their work on a day-to-day basis. I had Monday through Friday or Saturday. And I had a list of tasks. And by the way, not every single task is done every single day. So like maybe Monday and I'm going to pull it up and I'll read to you like some of the tasks that on a Monday I would ask my employees to do. And it was like, number one, check the messages and return the phone calls. Number two, confirm trial classes day of and date. And the next day, by the way, a lot of this stuff we do automations now for, right? So we don't have to worry about that. Number three, Um, return the missed calls and then also send out postcards on missed trials and missed calls. And then, then we would do cold leads two to two to 10 week calls, perfect attendance chart, et cetera, et cetera. And the list goes on. There's like, and they would, they would do it and they would check it and they would do it and they would check it. So the minute they sat down, my rule of thumb was the minute you sit in your chair and you turn on your monitor, boom, you pull up your DNA and you start on the top task. I mean, boy, let me tell you, though, that was like pulling teeth because people would start from the bottom up. I'd see that they would do the things that they like best. And I go, no, this is the order. It's in order of priority from top to bottom. And then every day was different. Like Tuesday, would the same things would happen, certain things like check messages, confirm trials, cold leads. But now we would do referral calls on Tuesdays. And on uh, Tuesdays, we do birthday cards. And it's only done in the beginning of the month, not at the end. It's one time only, you know, like that. And it might take a day or two. So I literally had every single day laid out with tasks that needed to be done. So um, that's what I think is what's missing because people might have spark, But what do they do? They have a school and they're doing well, but what do they do? They don't know the tasks that are priority for them to work on. They're kind of sitting in their chair and hoping that something genius is going to come to them, you know, and and that's where we end up staying stagnant.
0: Sometimes that that it does if you just sit down and start writing things out, you know. That's true. So we came up with um, some standard operating procedures with regards to um, levels of importance. And so this might help, you know, the listeners come up with their tasks based upon levels of importance. Okay. And so uh, number one is our staff. Okay. So staff members have the highest priority. So if there's something that needs to be done for the staff member, that's done first.
1: Okay. Well, what do you mean by done for them? Like what, what?
0: Well, you know, if the staff member has a question, has a problem, has a whatever, that is going to be addressed before anything else that day. Okay. Second is our um, okay. our our uh, storm team. So that's okay. our you know that's our. Uh, Training People team. that are learning how to teach. Yeah, So, you know, they're the next priority. So if, if a text or an email or whatever comes in through the, about them or they a phone call or whatever it is, right, or they're standing in the office, like, they get priority. Right. Next is our leadership team. After that is all the other students. Right. From that, uh, trial students are the next in order.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then from that, leads and prospects and then the general public. And so we created those levels of importance. Now, it's not to say that, you know, if I'm working on a lead and prospect and then something comes in for a, you know, let's say a a storm team member that I would drop this and move to that. I mean, you have to have some wherewithal to understand if that is important enough to do that you may still complete whatever task you were doing for the um, lead and prospect and then move to, you know, the, uh, uh, the storm team member. But I always wanted, you know, everybody to understand that there are levels of importance that need to be done. And people do get priority. I mean, if you, um, there's other school owners that I know, there's other friends that I have that are school owners. but I would say in most cases, if not almost all of the cases, you message me, you have priority over them. Right. I'm going to answer your question or your response or your phone call quicker than I'm going to do with most other ones. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. why wouldn't I take that? You know, look, if my wife called me, she's got priority. Right. Right? Yeah. So why wouldn't I do that same thing when I'm creating priorities in my school?
1: Right. So with that question being asked, that's a great thing. I love what you just said. And you kind of laid out the things that you're going to do. Now, a lot of school owners may be saying, okay, that's great, Dwayne. But um, what do I do? Like, what do I do to maintain your top priority of people that need you, which first is your team, your instructors, right? So what are you doing on a day-to-day basis for them? I think that's a, you could tell me uh, maybe an example or two, but I think that's a question. If people find their priorities, they should then say, okay, this is my priority students. Now, what are you doing for them? You can't yeah. just, pay, right? And so what is one of your, what do things do you do? Yeah, well, uh, weekly
0: meetings is okay. one, you know, yeah. but uh, daily check-ins. So even if it's a, you know, one minute, So we got this from the one minute manager, right? So even if it's a one minute meeting every day, you know, now Mr. Bean and I, my head instructor, he's got priority over everybody. Like I drop everything, you know, I mean, it's excluding my family, but he's got priority over everybody in that studio. So if he's got a need, I'm going to address that, you know, so much, so much quicker, right?
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: so, uh, Mr. Bean and I usually have, uh, at least a one minute meeting every single day, but sometimes it's not one minute, you know, um, uh, but we yeah. always do, do we always do a check-in? Um, I, every Wednesday morning, I have a half an hour meeting with him and also Mr. Kent, who we're going to open up that next studio with. Right. Um, so we get together for usually at least a half an hour. Sometimes it's 45 minutes, but normally it's just a half an hour. And we physically do that at Mr. Bean's house. Okay. Well, we sit down, I have our coffee, we, we got our agenda, we do it, I leave and, and then they stay because that the rest of it is their time. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I'm taking time, you know, to be with them. The other thing is, uh, if I don't have my one minute meeting before the classes start with all the instructors, sometimes I'll do it before I leave. Okay. You know, so I'll just have my one, hey, what's going on? Or uh, even I'll text them. And just say, hey, sorry that I wasn't able to talk to you tonight. How did everything go? You know, you got any questions? Thank you very much for your, you know, help tonight. You know, that type of stuff.
1: Great, Great. You yeah, know, I love that. I, I think that that's where I think most schools fail is that they're, you know, they don't really have a, you know, an idea of what they should be doing daily to grow their studios. Right. So. So for me, my three priorities every day is number one, and I I love this, by the way, if you're a Spark member, you should be using this. If you're not, maybe you have another software that's doing it. But Spark made it easy. They have the trial class maximizer, which is all the classes that are in your sales funnel, your prospects, people that have come in, showed up, didn't show up. They're all right in that one section. So I focus on that daily. The second thing is my new student maximizer, which is really a really big deal. I utilize that all the time. I'm constantly within the first seven months, I have it listed as up to seven months. I'm constantly saying, hey, Dwayne, how are you? How's your little guy liking class? Are you enjoying it? Oh, yeah, we love it. It's so much fun. Do you have any questions? And and by the way, it's so easy with with Spark with texting because it has pre-saved messages. So I can have a general. So I have general check in one, two, three, four, and five. So it's not the same thing over and over again. I'll do general check in one. I just slide down, drop down menu, click it, and hit send. And it's a personalized message from me, but I don't have to type the whole message every time. So I'm able to bang through the, the trial class maximizer, then the new student maximizer, and then the missing in action maximizer. Who hasn't been there? You could set the parameter within 24 days or two months. And then you see all the people who haven't been coming and you start conversations with them. So them. Those are the three things. Number one, I'm hitting new students, which is the most important thing, Um, maintaining them. Number two, I'm getting the prospects to come in. Are you ready for your class? You didn't show up. If you did, how'd you like it? And the third thing, the ones that aren't showing. We used to mail out cards. We used to make phone calls. Now, I could do it all. I could get that all done within the first three days of the week. And I do that religiously throughout throughout the week. Um, And it's so much better because my communication is so much better with my clientele. You know, I have your
0: follow up is so much better and quicker, too.
1: Oh, my God. And it's yeah, and and easier because I used to if if my program managers had this when back in the day, it would be just boom, 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 boom. And then I could see whether it's done and it would be nice and easy. So when I coach clients that have Spark, I'm able to go into their software and say, hey, you're doing a good job, but you're missing this missing in actions, you didn't do them for two weeks or you didn't do the new students for a week, you know, like, so that's the kind of thing that we're able to maintain.
0: Yeah. So the three, look at the three things that a school owner has to do. One is they got to market every single day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to you gotta market every single day. You got to make sure that you are signing up people every single day. Right. And I don't mean every single day you're going to sign somebody up, but you got to have trials coming in. Right. And then that you're, uh, retaining students every single day. Yeah. If you just focus on those three things, your school's going to grow. Now the tasks that are inside of each and every one of those are going to be different. Might be, you know, they could be the same for every school, but, but they're going to be different t- for every school. Cause not every school is going to want to do the exact same thing. Right? right. But if you, if you just consistently market, and not just one source, not just Facebook. I mean, there needs to be other other sources. And we could do a whole call on marketing. Yeah. But then your trial onboarding process. You could do a whole call on that. Right. And then your, your uh, communication and retention after that. You just focus on those three things and you're going to have a successful school. It is not rocket science. When you see a hole or a deficiency, and sometimes it's hard because, you know, it's sometimes difficult to read the prescription on the medicine bottle when you're on the inside of it. That's right. why you need people on the outside, friends or peers or coaches or whatever to go, you know, hey, you keep saying that, uh, you know, this is happening and your retention rate is here. Let's take it like you do. You say, hey, let's take a look at when you are actually losing people. Right now, you can yeah. do that with Spark now. Yes. You can see exactly where you're losing people. And 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 then, okay, so who's teaching that class? Or, um, you know, what's being taught in that class? Yeah, yeah. Um, or, you know, is there enough variety in that uh, class? Is it disguised enough? I mean, there's different things you need to look at. But I think, you know, we as school owners are intelligent enough to, like, at, start asking those questions. And maybe and and i don't mean intelligent as in you're stupid i just mean aware enough to ask those questions but maybe not maybe you've never heard of yeah. you know thinking of those things either
1: yeah and, and you know it's interesting i um i i shoot guns and when i i've trained with you know army rangers navy seals you know swat teams um one time i am not you know I was shooting my rifle and i and i'm i'm uh right eye dominant right so I, I couldn't, I can't really shut my left eye really well to shoot. So, my, I'm, this one army ranger is helping me and he's like, Allie, uh, what's your problem? Like, I'm like, I, I'm left eye dominant or whatever. He goes, So, tilt your gun. I'm like, I'm allowed to do that. He's like, it doesn't matter as long as you're hitting the target, especially if you're a soldier, you're hitting the target down range and getting a good shot. You just tilt your gun. And the minute that one little thing, like I was like, this is, you don't know what you don't know. And now I'm like, boom. And, and increase my, my thing. And there's another thing called a sear on a trigger. Um, and uh, another guy showed me about how you pull the trigger and everyone lets it go and repulls it, but you could click it back just a half a notch. And it's got that quick motion. Um, he's like, and I didn't know about it. And he's like, yeah, just, do this and then I'm like oh my shooting like got so much better so I, I would have not known that I wasn't searching it I didn't know about my grip and how I should stand and posturing um, so an expert showed me that and I think that's the biggest problem is a lot of school owners just don't know they, they open up a school and they say they hear I gotta a market I gotta do this I gotta do that and they don't know in what steps to do it and um, I think that that's what's missing in this day and age right?
0: Yeah, but the information's out there. I mean, there's enough information out there to 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 find out what you need to be doing. I mean but
1: does, but does anyone really just spell it out? I don't think so. That's why I thought, like when I did my next level program, month to month, that DNA was something that people followed like religiously. They knew that at the end of the month, every single week, they'd have every box checked. And at the end of the month, they could go, I, I got it all done. Because it selectively put it on them now I don't do that program anymore and that was a very good system but um it was on excel I mean I wish spark would have it where you go okay today I should do this and then you'd click on that and it'd bring you to the missing in action calls the you know the new student maximizer and and so on so well,
0: and at some point they may they may put that in I mean I love how they take our considerations and I don't mean ours solely but oh, I mean, everybody end users considerations you know oh, and,
1: they're amazing yeah. Best software ever, in my opinion. Best darn software, as they say. Um, But you know what? Here, let me give a few quick things. So the main things for people to focus on, number one, new students. Number two, existing students. And there might be like 10 tasks in each one of these categories. Number three is upgrades to higher level programs, whether it be a black belt club, an elite program, a SWAT team, a leadership team. Number four, a school should focus on special events throughout the year. So even if you're only going to do four for your little kids and four for your adults, that's eight events that you might make $700, $1,000. That's an extra eight grand a year. That could pay for a condo in Florida, or that could take you on a, a lavish vacation with your family if you would just focus on those events quarterly. And they should be at different times. You know, adults are different than kids. Um, the next thing that, and I have to tell you, I still have clients to this day. Ignore this. Retail, ignore yeah. What I'm going to say, ignore this. Like it was the plague right now. It's retail. You said it. And you know, what's funny. I am still retailing. Like I've sold $1,200 this month in t-shirts alone, just because I have, tank tops, cutoffs, and a cutoff t-shirt, and regular t-shirts that you wear. They have to wear them under their uniform. But I did this sale, I got like five grand. I invested in a whole, like hundreds and hundreds of shirts and sweatpants. And I've sold, this month alone, a thousand of them. I've made like literally a fifth of my money back. um, And I still have a massive amount of inventory. So that's stuff that people ignore. I sell sparring gear on a day-to-day basis, weaponry on a day-to-day basis. Why schools ignore this? I have no idea. And some of them don't even have retail. They don't even sell drinks. They don't even have, you know, bars in case somebody comes in and they hadn't been able to eat all day. They could eat a quick Lara bar or something like that. Like there's so many things that we could be doing, um, to boost enrollment, not enrollment, um, uh, income in our school and, and supply the clients with something that they need. Right. So retail is number five, six is, if you wanna do this, and I don't recommend it for hardly anyone, is pay in fulls and compression payments. So meaning like a pay in full, they pay for the whole year in advance, a compression payment, they pay their last half of the membership at a slight discount. So let's say they owe you $600, you call them up and say, hey, if you wanna pay on your card today, I could give it to you for 550. They save 50, you get a chunk of money coming in. So that it's called a compression payment, bunch, bunch into one. Um, the last thing is outside programs right? That's seven, my seven steps to income. Um, and there's so much out there. Like I have a friend who, um, just got a seminar teaching martial arts in a corporate environment. And he, he followed my one thing to do. And and he, they said, well, what, what do you charge? And he said, well, what's your budget? And they said, get this, they said $3,000. And he, could you do it for 3000? He said, yeah, I guess, you know, meanwhile, he was probably going to do it for free. Right. It would be 100 bucks. he would have took. And they said 3000 He's like, in his head, he's going, holy crap, you just made me $3,000. I would have done it for free just to get exposure. So those outside programs could make you a ton of money, real estates, corporate environments, whatever, seminars, going to a school even and asking if they have a budget. Um, so those are the seven steps that every day. And there's multiple levels within each of those that you could be focusing on, right? So uh, mm-hmm. there's just some of the ideas right there.
0: Yeah. And that's a, that's a, that's a plethora, right? Right. I mean, just uh, uh, an amazing amount of, and I, I, uh, I did that same thing. I, I had, uh, the, uh, the community college here in town, they contacted me, wanted me to do, um, like six half an hour, uh, seminars. Right. And, uh, I, I did the exact same thing. I said, Oh yeah, I'd love to do it. And I said, uh, I just want to be aware of, you know, of what your budget is, you know, what you budgeted for this event, you know, what, you know, so if I could ask what, what have you budgeted, um, for this event? And then I can tell you whether I can do it or not. Right. And then, and then they came, came back and they said, well, we really, you know, we budgeted 1500 for it. And I said, yeah, I said, I, I I said, I, I think I can do it for 1500.
1: Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And you probably right back in the day, I've done it. You've done it. We do it for free. Oh, absolutely free. And and we would beg them just to allow them to let us hand out pencils with our number on it because they wouldn't let us hand out flyers or we'd give them shirts or whatever the case may be passes if they would allow it. But um, well, that's,
0: that's the same thing, thing when I did the, the program for the school. Um, we didn't do it last year because of COVID. But the year before we had done it like five years straight. But I, I did the same thing. I like, you know, what is your budget? Right. You know, and and we made some good money with 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 the school. Um, right. I I don't remember now, but I, I it was like a nine week program when we probably made, golly, I don't know, maybe four thousand, five thousand. That's great. Like, yeah.
1: I know, and that's where. So, like, where if we, at least we know these seven steps to income, you know that that you know that you have those seven. Um, people could go back and listen to this. They have an idea, and if they want to get and drum it down a little, get into a little bit more detail, if anyone wants, I'd be more than happy to share my DNA spreadsheet with everybody, um, and uh, just send you over the Excel spreadsheet, um, and then you can see it. and It has everything. And you know, I, like I've said, and I've joked with Ron Sell of Spark, I said I would swear that Spark stole my uh, my DNA. But I know any good player, any good school owner, anybody who's successful would be doing 99.9% of the things that I was doing on my DNA. So Spark is a living result of what a good school owner knows what needs to be done and how to do it. And now they crowdsource, you know, like if someone says, hey, it'd be nice if I could do this, they and the owner probably would send it to his tech team and say, you know, this probably would really help our people, and then they do it. So Spark, I know I keep saying Spark, they are one of our sponsors, but um, it makes your life so easy. Like I've been, it made me more motivated to be a teacher too. I I know this is weird to say, but I mean, the software gave me much more um, connection with my people, availability to my numbers to get, my delinquency rate is like maybe 1% if that. Right. When, you know, when I had a billing company, my delinquency rate was like seven to 8%. With Spark, it's personal with the people. They know that if they don't pay, that it's, I know it's happening. With a billing company, like, ah, he won't find out. And then I'll have it paid by the time he finds out. And and it's his, the billing company's problem, not mine. Right now, they are like, they'll send me a message and say, oh, I'm really sorry. I got that. I put that new card in immediately. I apologize. So there's so many great things going on with, with it. It's amazing to me.
0: Yep. No, I totally agree. So, um,
1: one, to recap, Uh, we're not
0: turning down the book, but we're just saying, be aware, uh, that it is a very, um, clinical cranny book. Right. So, um, yeah. Secondly is if you haven't gone back and, uh, read some of the other books that we Mm -hmm. read, I would encourage you to, to get the who not how book. So, uh, such a good, such a good book. Yeah, except for the first chapter, right? I mean, I, yeah, I enjoyed it, but it, it started slow. The it was like Doctor Zeus, who not how, but who, but who, yes.
1: not, but, who's, but and then Upstream was good. I love that book. You didn't love it as much as I did, but I, I liked it. it. I liked it. Yeah. It was a like it, not a love it. And and you know what I liked about uh, just quickly on Upstream, real quick, was that it made you think about solving the solution before it happens, right? So if you're having a problem. Upstream is like, let's look upstream to see why that's happening and let's fix it now so it doesn't happen in the future. And a lot of times we're always fixing things on the fly and, yep. cr- and putting that fire out now. Well, let's put in something in place where that we don't have fires. Yep. Right?
0: The other book we did, phenomenal book, Atomic oh. Habits. So good. I, I think this is honestly, for me, a once a year read. Like I just, I really think that's that good.
1: And I liked that. And I looked at that book the entire time when I read that book, I read it from an instructor's perspective. Like I didn't even think about business the entire time. Everything that we, that book talked about, I said, that's how I'm going to make my students bow every single time they come in the door because they forget. So now I have an instructor taking temperature at the door and going on that mat, you bow when you enter, right? Oh, now. It's becoming more and more, ha- I even have kids, if no one's at that door, they run there and then they remember and run back and bow. So creating habits was a big deal, even in teaching, like, you know, good habits, like you do with the, with your health coaching, right? Mm-hmm. 90% of that is good. In fact, I just had breakfast today. I said to the waitress, when you bring my breakfast, make sure we do you bring the potatoes, a full order of potatoes and my, my quesadilla, which is a vegan quesadilla. Bring me the take home tray. And I immediately divided it in two. I brought the half down home to my, my daughter and the other half I ate. And that was a great tip for me eating out because you always get way more food than you should have. And that was something that you taught me through your through your uh, diet.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: So I would like
0: to propose this to be the next book.
1: I'm hoping it's good. Let me see. I don't see it. Uh, all right. Who's so your ideal,
0: ideal team player. Okay. All, All right. right. I'd like to propose that.
1: All right. I'll take I'll take the challenge. I, I pick the upstream. You pick this one. It's really supposed to be my choice for the month. Oh, do but you want to choose? One? Nah, no, no, I'm one. only I'm only kidding. We'll do that one your book and then, um, and then I'll do the following month, but don't buy it for me. Cause you always buy me a book and send it to me. And the reason why I say that is because I, I can't read a real book at night. Um, because I, my, Nicole's asleep and I wake up at two in the morning. I read for like an hour. Um, so I have my, my phone, I read it on my telephone so I can do it in the dark with my glasses on. So I'll buy the book via a digital book of it. So, okay. Okay. So what was the name of it again? The ideal team player the ideal team player. Okay, cool. And if the people want to read with us, um, that'd be awesome. If they're, if they're listeners of our podcast, please buy the book and read with us. And then we could discuss it in a month's time and go over it. So at the end of June, we'll be doing this book and uh, we'll discuss it in the first of July or whatever it is.
0: Yep. Yep. Sounds good. Well, thanks for your time, sir.
1: Yeah, always, Dwayne. Great seeing you. Have an awesome day. And everybody who's listening, great being with you. And we hope to see you soon. Oh, by the way, you're going to play the outro, right? With all our podcasts. Oh, yeah.
0: Thanks for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk Podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out EliteInsights.com for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy King's BJJ Growth Consulting and Management at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, the best darn software for school owner-manager on the planet. GetKarateStudents.com, a martial arts growth consulting company for all your school systems.